Welcome in. This is the latest edition of the Character Concerns Podcast. My name is Chris Onocero, joined as always by my guy Jay Binkley. You know, if the Chiefs had lost the AFC Championship game yesterday against the Baltimore Ravens, we would be doing a report card for the Chiefs rookies for the 2023 season. Luckily, that did not happen. They won yesterday 17-10. to over the Ravens, advancing to their second straight Super Bowl, fourth straight, fourth Super Bowl in five years. And so this week is instead of us doing a uh a report card, we're we're gonna dive into the uh changing of the draft position with the Chiefs now being in the Super Bowl, and we're gonna talk about these senior bowl roster and shrine bowl rosters. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because we get to see a couple uh Big-time receivers that were drafted last year. And Zay Flowers, who's a first-round pick by the Ravens. He was the, what was he, the third receiver taken in? Who got all sorts of mad, all sorts of mad at that game and, you know, punching the the bench and all that. But uh, Zay Flowers, uh, five catches, 115 yards, and a touchdown. So he was productive in that game. And then we saw Rasheed Rice, eight for uh, 46 in that game. And, you know, it's kind of interesting. Kind of brought it back. You know, we're, we're on here Shrine Bowl week and Senior Bowl week and, uh, last year, he was Zay Flowers was tearing up Shrine Bowl practices as it was. Don't forget Isaiah Pacheco. Um, the year before was in the Shrine Bowl as well. You get the Shrine Bowl uh, coming up this Thursday night, and of course the Senior Bowl practices get started uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday this week, and then the game will be on Saturday afternoon. But a lot of the scouts and stuff leave by the time the uh, by the time the uh, game starts, it doesn't matter. What what happens in practice is what matters uh, to the scouts. But you're asking me about wide receivers, Chris. Uh, last year, which was not a good wide receiver, uh, no. Jackson Smith goes to the Seahawks at 20. Say his full name. Jackson Smith and Jigba. There you go. Good job. It goes at number 20. Uh, 21 was Quentin Johnson. Zay Flowers was right after that. So it was back-to-back-to-back-to-back wide receivers. Again, Jordan Addison. Jordan Addison was right there. Goes after that. But then the tight ends like Dalton Kincaid uh, goes a few picks after that. And Sam Laporta in the second round there at 34. So a lot of the pass catchers uh, coming on at that point. But, yeah, a couple of them uh, being showcased in that Ravens-Chiefs game. Yeah, so we will go over the notables from the senior and shrine bowls. But, obviously, Chiefs being in the Super Bowl now changes the dynamics of the first round. Um, they are guaranteed to either be picking 31 or 32. Yeah, no more uh, no more getting picks 25, 26 in right. that area. It's right. now guaranteed 32 or 31. If strong believers, the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl, which I, I do believe they'll beat the San Francisco in this game. They'd be picking 32nd. Right. But and, I don't think they matter. I, you know how hard it is to continue to be good? Yeah. Go to six straight AFC title games when you're consistently picking at the end of the first round. It's, like how difficult that is. And nobody will do business with you either. <laughs> right. It's it's incredibly difficult. It, it, and, and that's why I think this is something that kind of needs to be addressed here. Because this isn't the same kind of receiver class as last year's receiving class where there was a struggle to try and like get that initial group of talented receivers in the first round. Um, we were sitting there, we were like, you know, if the Chiefs were going to get one of those guys, get a Zay Flowers, get a Jordan Addison, they were going to have to move up. Which I do feel they liked Flowers. Yeah, I think they liked, they, I mean, he was one of the guys at Camp Pat, along with Quentin Johnston as well, and obviously Rashi Rice. Um, but 
it was very obvious that they would have had to trade up, and it was also very obvious that none of those teams that they would have had to trade up with were going to do business business with them. They can't get anybody to return their calls now, man. No. When you're that good, and that's the way it should be, because it's like the Patriots. I didn't expect them to do business with the Chiefs. They had to do business with the Chiefs now. The Chiefs love trading the Patriots now, Oh yeah, because to them it doesn't matter. But in their heyday, when things are going well, they wouldn't deal with them. And when someone did trade the Patriots, I was like, what are you doing? Why bulk up that team? Well, teams would trade with the Patriots if they could move up. Because the Patriots weren't moving up, they were moving back. And so that made sense, and that and that's why they were trading with them. But the Patriots did have a hard time moving up if they needed to. But they would, you know, but oftentimes it's looked as, are they going to fleece the Chiefs? Um, you never know. The funny thing was, speaking how the draft changes everything, April 27, 2017, uh, the Buffalo Bills still kept us on Twitter. I'm surprised they haven't deleted it yet. <laughs> but I was reminded I went on our sister well, station I mean, in Rochester. They, they like their guy. <laughs> and I, here's what it said. Here's their tweet. It says, for our 2017 first-round pick, we received 2017 Casey's first, the 27th. 2017, the third-round pick for the Chiefs, the 91st. The 2018 Casey first. Um, pleasure doing business with you at Chiefs. Now that's that's the kicker right there. Pleasure doing. I'm I'm sure the pleasure is all theirs because that turned in to Patrick Mahomes. We turned in the Chiefs turned in to the Buffalo Bills' biggest problem because of this trade. This can how the trades can screw you up for a long, long, long time. I mean, the, the there should have been something there when you saw that the Chiefs were trying to trade up 17 spots. Like they were going well, from 2017. To everybody's like, ah, oh, it's just the Chiefs, man. They have to go lucky Chiefs. They no, don't ever win like, anything. No, because like if you paid attention, you would remember that a they were rumored to to want to go after Johnny Manziel in 2014, and so what happened? The the Cleveland Browns traded ahead of the Chiefs one spot with the Eagles so they could go get him. And then what happened two years later? They were sitting there, I think it was at 27, and the Broncos traded up one pick ahead of them to go get Paxton Lynch because they were linked with Paxton Lynch. And so they they jumped ahead of the Chiefs to go get him. And so the fact that the Chiefs traded a 17 spot should have told you exactly what they were going to do. Hell, they could have had Russell Wilson, but they went Donald Stevenson and said he went to pick him from. I was pissed about that. You know, the funny thing about Menzel is, I'll never forget, the Chiefs would have these draft roundtables, and they would invite certain members of the media, and you got invited and whatever. It's back when I was doing the day shift. And that's like I went. It was John Dorsey was the GM. Yeah, I remember you telling me about Yeah, yeah. they were showing video of Johnny Manziel. Clearly, they were showing who they weren't going to draft. Oh, yeah, they're not going to show you who they were They were draft. showing clearly and talking about the player yeah, they weren't yeah, going to draft. Yeah, yeah. Now, look at what he did against Alabama. Look at what he does. And then all of a sudden, it came down to it. It's like, oh, man, the Chiefs are not going to take Johnny. No. They're not going to take him. No. So, uh, man, interesting things. How it can just really turn your... Your team around, and the Chiefs have really relied on the draft the last couple of years. I mean, youngest defense in the NFL didn't happen for, you know, not a reason. Seven out of ten draft picks two years ago on defense, five out of seven last year, where she Rice was that one uh, target uh, for the Chiefs as far as wide receivers. That's why I'm so excited about the draft this year. And I, I heard Nashley, you know, talking about it, Chris, about the Chiefs, like, because they're under the cap, they're well under the cap. And the fact that all right, this team is, they had their struggles on offense, we all know that. But they're going to get better. They're going to use Detroit to get better, and that's a scary thing about the Chiefs. Because is whether you want to say the Chiefs have had their worst year under Patrick Mahomes or not, because his did he have his worst year or not? Their worst year is still the Super Bowl. Other teams' worst year is not even making the playoffs. Okay, they're going to continue to get better, and they've gotten better and better using 
the draft. And that's why I'm so excited about what's going to happen here in Detroit. I think offensively they get better. Defensively, I think they do take a step back. Uh, they're gonna, yeah, Chris Jones, they're still young. free agency. Maybe they'll pay Snead. Maybe, Maybe they, they pay Snead. I think they, they will. But I, you said what? I think they will. I, I hope they will. I mean, if I had to cho- choose between the two, I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards Snead right now just because the price of Chris Jones is going to yeah. be outrageous. And on top of that... He's pushing 30 now. Yeah, he, so, he's going to be. And then Nazi Johnson will be coming back from the injury. Nazi Johnson's coming back. He's coming back. They, you got McDuffie still. They're going to give him the fifth-year contract when that comes up. Right. If they re-sign Snead, they'll have him, McDuffie, and that secondary. They've got a young secondary. Again, they had 61 starts from rookies last season. And the top two teams are picking one and two in the draft. Yeah. And the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. That's a big difference. between. And I, I didn't want to hear anybody say it. Well, I mean, the Chiefs played their draft picks. Big deal. Well, they played their draft picks and they won the Super Bowl. Right. It's one thing just to play your draft pick because they're available. Because then you say, well, we played you know, nine draft picks last year. Well, were you any good? That's the question. Were you any good? Well, the Chiefs played their draft picks and they won a Super Bowl. That's a little bit different. Yeah, no, I, I, like I said, I, I think that the draft position, normally, if this were last year's draft, I do think there's like some concern there because you are now in a position where you can't address a big need. Yeah. But this year, because of the depth of this receiver class, I don't think it's a problem as much. First and second round receivers are going to be good this year. Yes, I and think. And the think, quality th- of them. So even if you're picking 30, and listen, first round grades are going to extend to 32. Right. They're never that much, Chris. They're usually, what, 15 to 20. Two years ago, it was about 20 players that the rest of the crew realized and recognized that, all right, these are first round picks. Like McDuffie. And when McDuffie started to slide, the Chiefs knew it. They, they, they identified him as a first round talent. That's why the Chiefs wanted to trade up so much to get Trent McDuffie yeah. over the Buffalo Bills, by the way. Uh, which who is ended funny up as getting well. Kyrie Elam, who ended up losing well. his starting job. I think he's only started like <laughs> six games for them in two years. Yeah, which is funny that they have the Buffalo. Once <laughs> I mean, again. I feel bad because Kyrie Elam's a Florida Gator, but still, I mean, they should hate the Chiefs. Like literally, <laughs> they should hate the Chiefs. Yeah, they have lost out on a lot of uh, a lot of really good picks in the draft because of the. But Chiefs. you got but you got to struggle. But it's one thing to play them; it's another thing for them to contribute. Like the Chiefs, they got the leading rusher last year, you know, in the seventh right. round. I mean, he, he, from the Shrine Bowl. By the way, speaking of Shrine Bowl, uh, it's going to be going on this week and the Senior Bowl. Yeah, it'll, the Shrine Bowl is going to be Thursday. I wish they were spaced out a little bit so we could see guys playing both. But uh, it's yeah, a lot of football. I'm, yeah, I, I'm. That's I'm, a lot of I'm football. Cool. I actually like the fact that it's two different. You got essentially sure. you pick which one. It's a lot of practices. And the a lot of Shrine football. Bowl doesn't have the star power that the Senior Bowl has. No, nope, definitely but it have does have players. some star power, like Zay Flowers was yeah. last year. So, um, but yeah, I, like I said, I, I think we both agree this year. The, the the draft position essentially being put back pushed back to the last two picks, one of the last two picks in the first round and, and every round. Not super concerning. Chiefs can obviously move up if they need to. One of the things that I find I think is going to be really interesting though is how they tackle day three. Because you sent me that tweet coming out about well, I think it was from, from Jim Nagy, right? Yeah, the uh senior director of the uh of the Senior Bowl. One of the most respected uh, oh, yeah, talent he, guys out there. Yeah, he, he definitely knows what he's talking about. And he brought up a big point. Something that could be Rounds concerning for a team like the Chiefs. Third day picks, four through seven. The depth isn't quite there. And a lot of that has to do with NIL. With a lot of these players deciding to stay because they're able to make good money. They're able to kind of live 
uh, an easier lifestyle than going and playing in the NFL. And on top of that, they know that, you know, they can improve their draft stock and go play, get more money in the draft next year when they actually go do it. And so the combination of that, the COVID years and all of that has kind of created a tough situation. We're almost late in the draft. getting out of that. We're almost getting out We're of that. We're almost getting out of that. We still have a few. Well, he's got a tight end that's there nine years. Right. Bowman right. At, at Oklahoma State, that's a great quarterback, is going to be his seventh year. I mean, come on, man. Yeah. We're finally getting out of that. So we're still, I mean, we're still on the tail end of that, of the of the COVID exemptions and all of that. If you're getting the insurance discounts because you're 25, it's time to get out of school. But here's what Jim Nagy said. He said, nobody's talking about it. Because uh, few truly track late-round prospects, but combination of nil money, like you said, Chris, widespread use of extra COVID year, and smallest junior class in over a decade completely wiped out depth of this year's uh, NFL draft. By late December, our Senior Bowl board fell apart in rounds 5-7. through seven. Teams will either be trading away day three picks to preserve value or selecting players from their free agent side of the board in April. That it's interesting. Teams, you know, jettisoning those late round picks and build up for next year, saying, "Eh, you know, we really don't have any anybody in the late rounds. Let's go ahead and try to bulk up uh, for next season." Which is great in theory. I think it's going to be difficult for the Chiefs. Like I said, I think it's going to be difficult for the Chiefs to to trade anybody in the AFC. I, it's going to have to be an NFC I don't team. Necessarily like I think that's true. And and the reason why is because they, I think they would only have an issue if they're trading up. If they're trading out. I don't think they'll have as much of a problem. No, the Chiefs aren't worried about teams as well, but if the Chiefs are sitting there wanting to move up, everybody Yeah, if they're wanting to move up, I agree yeah, with you. It'll like, be a problem. It's like DEFCON 4. What are the Chiefs yeah. doing? What are the Chiefs but doing? If, what are the but Chiefs if the Chiefs doing? are in that position, let's say they get to the fifth round and they don't find anything, anybody Yeah, you get to later round. It, it, who cares I, I, at that I point? Think I think at that point, they're either going to go yeah. someone that they would normally try to go free agent with, or they'd probably try to trade out and just save that. Yeah, for first and second round, year. who cares? But middle rounds, or no, they do care. Excuse me. First they care round. about the first three rounds. Yeah, later rounds, to, they don't once care. Once you get to day three, they start getting cute with some of these picks, and it works. Like it, your guy, Chamari Connor, has really made an impact the last couple weeks uh, playing safety for the Chiefs. He's that he's that uh, star position type player, and they've been able to get a lot of good usage out of him this it's year. how you utilize it, and a lot of teams, and we're, not, and we're seeing what we're talking about, Chris, guys staying with the COVID year and nil is guys are more prepared to go to the NFL. A lot of teams take flyers on late-round picks. They do. Kind of essentially redshirt them a little bit. Yeah, essentially. Like Keno Passino when he came to Chiefs. It was essentially a redshirt. He was a very expensive redshirt. Very, very he was expensive. a second-round well, second pick that was a project guy for a team that needed well, pass Well, the 49ers rushers. have been known to do this. They do as, that. As far yeah. as redshirting players. Yeah. And you don't see that as much. Guys are just staying there collecting that extra mill or $500,000. Because those rookie contracts yeah, are so valuable. You now. know, when they're staying there and they're finding the day, this is better than an undrafted free agent contract, even though we're starting to see those even be more valuable than seventh-round picks Yeah, those guys uh, are, as far as the contracts. Got a nice little, he got a nice little sum there. Because it's better almost <laughs> to be an undrafted free agent yes. than be a seventh-round pick because you can choose yeah. where you, you want to go. You can choose where you go, and a lot of times you can get highest more guaranteed bidder. money. You yeah, can get right. a little bit more guaranteed money. And the highest bidder who you want to go to. Right. So, well, we'll see what ends up happening uh, with the Chiefs in the later rounds, but they need to strike gold, in my opinion, in, in the first and second round with some uh, catching talent. Yeah, me too. I, I think they. I think yeah. This is the first three rounds 
are imperative for them this year to go hit on. You get hits in those positions, whatever you do day three happens. That's why they you had know. that talk with Kelsey. You know, I think he's going to stay. You know, he's got too many, too many reasons oh, to stay. Oh, yeah, I know. I, and I, I still think he's valuable. But they did the conversation with their players. Hey, you're going to retire or not? You need to let us know early yeah. because we need to get other guys on the on, on board. We need to get them on the radar. So just be, just be honest. Just, you don't have to tell anybody. We don't tell me. Just don't tell anybody. Tell me. Like Brett Veach, sit down with them. Tell me. I don't. I have, I don't think there's been any indication that Kelsey would retire. Kelsey, every time he's been asked, he's like, no. I'm Except like Michelle Tafoya reports and stuff like that. But Michelle there's been nothing tan- is tangible. Michelle Tafoya. I don't care about There's been Michelle nothing Tafoya. tangible about it. Yeah, but I'm saying, what I'm saying is complete honesty is how you build a program. It's these, these teams that are blindsided by players retiring or whatever that it hurts them. I think the smart thing for the Chiefs is just Make sure you have a replacement before you have to worry about him retiring. Which they're really good about <laughs> drafting yeah, they ahead should, of time. They should probably look at getting a tight end regardless of whether I think Shamari Connor was taken for Legereus Sneed to replace him eventually, but, event, but they're not going to have both. Possibly, but I also think Shamari Connor might also have been a Justin Reed replacement because Justin Reed going this is the next year will be the last year of his contract having a best year here in case he's he's played so good in the last couple months here for the Chiefs. yeah and so i think for the chiefs it might be a situation where they're looking at Tramari to end up being the replacement for justin reed more than sneed even though he does do a lot of the things that sneed does he's very sneed like especially very tackling much. wise but i think to the this quarterback. year sneed might have actually put himself in a position where you just can't let him go you know what's funny is trim mcduffie's turning into that he's the best He's one he's of the great. best blitzing. He's probably the best blitzing corner in the National Football League. Corner, he's got three sacks this year. Corner, yeah, yeah. yeah he's got three sacks this if year. We're going, if we're going safety, he's got I think five force fumbles. If we're going DB in general, I, I would go Kyle. But Hamilton, the guy's incredible but, yeah. at coming up and crunching. Yeah, he's he's amazing at it. He's got he's, good instincts getting to the quarterback. Right. He's I mean he's great in coverage as well. He's a guy you can put on the outside and in the slot. Yep. So you know there's a lot of value there. Um, so get into the Senior Bowl roster. Um, these are the notable players. I'm not going to name every damn player playing in this damn game because there's too many to name here. But the notable guys, we'll start with each position group. So starting with quarterback, uh, Michael Penix Jr. from Washington, Sam Hartman from Notre Dame, Bo Nix from Oregon, Spencer Rattler from South Carolina. Um, I think of these four guys on this list here, I think Spencer Rattler probably has the most to gain from this game because he's a guy that probably is somewhere in that third to fourth round range. And I think, I think, he, might be able to, that, I think he might get himself up to the second round. I still, I think there's a lot of question marks about like, Hey, you were like one of the top prospects two years ago, at quarterback, and then things kind of fell apart and you didn't figure it out until this year. But even this year, you were not like among the elite quarterbacks who were draft prospects. So I think Rattler has a lot to gain right now, and he could put himself into that second round range if he kills it at the practices and has a good game on uh, on Saturday. Spencer Rattler is interesting to me. He spent those three years at Oklahoma, and I talked to some people about him too. I said, "Watch him!" They're like, oh man, you kidding me? I mean, there were there were some maturity issues and whatnot, and guys liking him Big on that maturity team. issues for sure. <laughs> but then you know what? Things changed. He goes off to the SEC. Um, that one year at Oklahoma, he did have 3,031 yards. But at South Carolina last year, 3,026 yards. Had more than that this year. Had 3,186 yards. And 19 touchdowns this year. Did have 28 that one year at Oklahoma. But he's turned into that guy, man. I mean, you look at the way the team responded to him and what he did. I'm really interested in seeing what Spencer Rattler can do. Because I'm one of those – 
I want to see what he can gain. Can he get up to the second round? Can he get up to that point? Because before the season started, there was even talk of him in the first round. No, 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 not really. No, a few, not a few mocks heading in the first round. I saw a few mocks, but I really didn't see him being talked about very much at all. Um, it helps him that Quinn Ewers going back to school. Like, it helps that there's certain guys yes. out there that are going back. Quinn Ewers going back to Texas is probably one of the biggest reasons why if Rattler has a good uh, performance here and in, in, in Senior Bowl week, he could get himself into the second round because Quinn Ewers basically would be in that spot. You know, him and McCarthy would be in that spot where they would be priority guys for teams in the second round. So, although McCarthy, him, Mel Kiper, bunch of them had him in the first round. They have him in the first. I, I don't. I don't agree with that. People like him. Sometimes in the top ten. That's ridiculous. I, I, have seen, I have seen him in the top ten in some mocks. I think that's ridiculous. It's a leadership intangibles, I think, that's coming out more yeah, than the yeah, skill set. You also have to watch him play, and I don't know how you watch him play. I'm like, yeah, that guy. Well, the numbers were down at the end of the year. No question. Yeah, they were bad. <laughs> so moving on to halfback here, um, you've got Ray Davis from uh, Kentucky, which we talked about a lot. Smaller like guy. Lot. Mojo Drew type running back. Uh, Marshawn Lloyd at USC. Cody Schrader at Mizzou. Um, who is another guy that we talked about? That's a, lot. a top smaller, two SEC rusher. Smaller running back as well, like Ray. Not quite as built like Ray Davis is, but um, you know, I think he's got a a good future as a backup running back in the league. But one guy that really jumps out to me. Well, actually, no, because Jaden Daniels had more than him, so Judkins. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he was that, leading the SEC. One guy that jumps time. out to me at halfback though in the Senior Bowl is Kamani Vidal from Troy. Huge numbers. This guy put up monster numbers this year. He's top five. I think he was. I think he finished second or third in, in rushing. This year for uh, FBS. And, you know, it's like, to me, for running backs, I don't judge the school as much. Like, a lot of people might hold it against Vidal because he played at Troy. I'm not going to hold There's it against There's enough good him. tape, good non-conference games. Right, and running teams. back is one of those positions where it translates league to league. He was second leading rusher in the country behind yeah. uh, so, Ollie yeah, Gordon. He was, yeah, he was, yeah, he was number two in, uh, in rushing in FBS. Vidal, Vidal, and actually at one 5'8", 215. I mean, yes, yeah. I'm saying he's a smaller guy, but still he's nice, built, though. and he's, he's, he was a workhorse guy when he was at Troy. Um, I don't think he's going to be like a great like starting running back or anything, but he's a guy that you, he could be part of a committee, and he could be really valuable for, for a team. He had 83 yards against K-State, 4.9 per, wasn't utilized a ton, 17 carries, but did play Kansas State. But you can find tape. From a lot of these guys, and certain Cody Schrader is the guy to me that's interesting from Missouri. Yeah, I think he's really interesting. He's again, he's reminds smaller. me of an Eckler type player. Yeah, he's a smaller guy, but like he's got some juice to him. Yeah, he's got he's got juice to him. He can catch the ball. He can run. I mean, he he does everything you want. Um, I, you do question because of his size, pass protection, but I mean, that's just going to be part of the game anyways. He's proven to catch. Yeah, do all that. So for receivers, this actually is really, and this is where I think as if you're a Chiefs fan. And you are really wanting to kind of look at some of these receivers and see what they could do. Not in the first round for most of these guys, but certainly second and third round. Um, these guys, I think, really jump out. Malachi Corley from Western Kentucky. Uh, Xavier Leggett from South Carolina, who has gotten some looks as a late first round receiver. He's good. He's been mocked a lot in the first round, yeah, Xavier Leggett. Usually in somewhere in that mid to late 20s. Um, so Leggett could be someone that the Chiefs do target. At 32, yeah. Yeah, you know and he's, things change now. He's about 6'1", 220, so he's got good size to him. The The thing that a lot of people talk about is his speed. So that's the, the combine and next month is going to be really interesting to see what he does speed-wise. Uh, Lad McConkey from Georgia, 
who uh, is being mocked in the second round, but... He's interesting because he's almost fringe first round with some. I don't see it yeah, at I've all. Seen, I, I, I totally have, see I've only second seen round. like a couple of mocks first round. Mostly second round yeah. with Lad McConkey. But he and he he was like at originally before the year, he, he was talked about as like a third day pick. Yeah, mid pick, third, and fourth, fifth round. He's worked his way yeah. up. So uh And he's know, a winner, he's won two titles. And then Ricky Pearsall, who has made a massive jump. This was a guy I was telling everybody he's like probably third day. I've seen him being mocked in the second round. So Pearsall's a guy from Florida. Um, works. I mean, he's he's a very good technician as far as route running goes, catching. Um, works really hard. He has improved so much. He played over there with Jaden Daniels at Arizona State, and then when they had the big exodus over there after Antonio Pierce got in trouble because uh, of violations and whatnot, he goes to Florida, and he had a good couple years there uh, under Billy Napier. So uh, Pearsall's a guy I really like. Uh, I if the Chiefs took him in the second round, I think it's a little bit of a reach. But if you go receiver first round, maybe tight end second round, if you wanted to go grab Pearsall in the third round, I I think he could be a Justin Watson type receiver. So I like him there. Brendan Rice at USC is another guy. Tez Walker. Well, Jerry's son Brendan Rice. Yeah, he really, Brent, he really Rice, emerged yeah. this year. I mean, yeah, he, he really. Did. He it was it was more so later in the year he kind of started to to show up yeah because um, there was a very crowded wide receiver room at USC uh, Tez Walker from UNC is the wild card I think here Tez Walker's a guy I've seen mocked to the Chiefs a little bit too he's at North me Carolina remember took a while for him yeah, to get cause eligible because eligibility he transferred yeah, Matt Brown from, was pissed from Kent State he still ended up forty one for six ninety nine yeah. and he only played eight games he only played eight games he only played eight games but the seventeen yard average and keep in mind one year at Kent State he was at t- almost twenty five yards per reception and then he had 16 the following year he's a big play receiver but he's tall 6'3 about over 200 pounds yeah just a little bit over 200 um, but Tez Walker's somebody to watch because he has been mocked to the Chiefs actually when people had him picking like 25th or 26th yeah I've seen him go anywhere from that mid-20s up until like mid-second round so you see why North Carolina wanted him so bad to play yeah because he's an incredible athlete so Tez is going to be the wild card because he came on so late and because of the fact that you look at his size-speed combination, his athleticism, it's really interesting. Combine, I think, is really going to be a, a big dis, you know decider of how much money he makes. And then Johnny Wilson Jr. from Florida State, 6'7", massive, basically a Kelsey-type And waiting for receiver. the end of February, the combine numbers from Johnny Wilson. He's 6'7". <laughs> you got speed with that 6'7". He's not super fast. you're a red zone threat. Yeah, he's not super fast. I think he's probably going to be more of a Kelsey type guy, where he's going to be more of a run a short route, get you know sit in between his own, catch it and, and go, and just be because he's six seven two twenty. He's going to be so big and so hard to tackle. Um, so I think he's going to be more like a tight end than an actual like true wide receiver. Um, now getting over to the tight ends. Uh, couple guys that really jump out. Ben Sennett from Kansas State, who we talked about all year long. He can line up anywhere. He can line up outside. He can line up on the line, line up in uh, an H-back, line up in the backfield. Uh, he, they lined him up everywhere at Kansas State. So Sennett's someone to look out for. And then the other guy. Kind of what the – I mean, it's, it's kind of a good fit for Kansas City. He would fit. He a team would that does fit. not carry a fullback on its roster and a guy that uh, could play that H-back role and do a lot of different things and catch the football um, – block for you as well or carry the football if that's what you needed to but a, a very a very good weapon I think Andy Reid would like on third and short yeah and then the other guy is Jaheim Bell from Florida State guy you brought you've talked about a lot this year 
Bell's a little bit undersized. Unrefined tight end, undersized. Very unrefined. But a good pass catcher. But he's a pass. He's. I mean, he was used a lot more like a slot receiver than he was like a traditional tight end. You didn't see him line up in a three-point stance very often. He was mostly lined up in the slot, lined up wide. And, uh, you know, I mean, you look at the fact that he was smaller than the two starting receivers for Florida State in, uh, in Johnny Wilson Jr. and in Keon Coleman. So it was you know really interesting how they used him, but Jaheim Bell is is a good athlete for a tight end. So that's someone I think probably more so third or fourth round range for him, but he'll be an interesting uh, guy I think for sure, especially at the combine. Developmental guy. Yes, he's not a guy that's going to immediately be an impact guy. So for uh, offensive tackles, you've got uh, Talisi Fuaga from Oregon State, Tyler Guyton from Oklahoma. Jordan Morgan from Arizona and Patrick Paul from Houston. I will so, say this though: the last three have been mocked to the Chiefs a lot. Yes, Tyler Guyton because Oklahoma, the Fuaga's, Orlando Brown Fuaga's went there, Creed Humphrey there. Yeah, Fuaga's more like mocked in the teens. But Guyton, you remember, was it two months yeah. ago? Guyton was like the popular Kansas, guy. Yeah, Kansas City loves Oklahoma linemen. I mentioned yeah. like Orlando Brown and Wanye right. and Creed Humphrey and all that. But Jordan Morgan, a name from Arizona, that's been mocked to the Chiefs a lot. And so is Patrick Paul. Patrick Paul was from Houston. Remember we did that mock a couple months ago and it was mostly tackles. And the names, the two names that were predominant on that list were Guyton and Paul. Those are the two guys that were being mocked to the Chiefs a lot a couple months ago. So I don't think they're going to take a tackle in the first round. Um, I can see them doing the thing that they did a couple years ago where they took an experimental guy like Darian, like a Darian Kennard type, and then, hey, let's see if we can turn him into a potential tackle in the future. I can see that. I don't think they're going to go and take anybody in the first round at that position. Um, as far as interior offensive line goes, this is actually intriguing to me just because Joe Tooney's in his 30s. You know, his... He's been here for a few years now. We don't know how long he's going to last. So. And the pick injury, who knows how long yeah. that lasts. So I think this is going to be a really interesting position group to look at. The guys that really jumped out to me, Cooper BB from Kansas State, uh, Javion Cohen from uh, Miami, Kingsley Aguakun from Florida, um, Troy Fautanu, who was – Played a lot of tackle this year for Washington. It but fits a lot in of the Chose mold. Can guard tackle. Yeah, can do a both. lot of people think he's he projects more as a guard. Uh, Kingsley Sewell Matala, who also was a tackle at BYU, but he's he's projected to move inside. Don't forget the BYU connections and read. Right, which I'm yeah. still trying to figure out what happened to Puka. <laughs> that Puka didn't appear, but whatever. Maybe he was going to take Puka later on. Well, I got it, man. But it was almost like uh, where's Reed getting the heads up on that one? That would have been great if they would have been oh. double up Rashi and Puka. Can you imagine Puka here too? Yeah, they wouldn't have to worry about a drafting a receiver this they year. They never wanted two receivers and uh, rookie wide receiver catches. And then the other guy that really jumps out is Cedric Van Pran Granger from Georgia. Uh, another name that really jumps out there. So, um, like I said, I, I do think that that's an interesting position group. And if the Chiefs were to get a receiver first round and a tight end second round, if they were sitting there in the third round and they decided to go guard, I wouldn't have any issue with that. I'm okay with that. I, I definitely want that, though. I mean, you'd prefer first round tight end, but don't forget Travis Kelsey's not a first round tight end. So I mean, He's a third rounder. Sometimes you, you get value at a tight end, especially in those later rounds. But... You could be missing out on Sam Laporta, too. You could be missing out on Dalton Kincaid. Because typically the top two tight ends are the top two tight ends for a reason. 
gen- generally, like some of those guys end up not being that good, like Hayden Hurst when he was drafted. Yeah, but I love, I love Kincaid a lot. And Me too. I am a big fan of Kincaid. You you know you y'all you and Nick know how I felt about oh, Sam Laporta when he was yeah. playing at Iowa. I, was, I talked about him a lot. So uh, edge rushers in the Senior Bowl, big two names that jump out: Chris Braswell from Alabama, Liatu Latu from UCLA. Really interested in Latu because this could be where he solidifies that top edge rusher spot. Well, there. Latu's been a guy that we've been watching, been on the radar all year. Yes, that is we an talked edge about rusher. him week zero. And he's one of the ones you want to watch in practice. What's yes. he doing against some of these tackles it's, like Patrick yeah, Paul and Jordan Morgan? The tackles. And, yeah, especially yeah, the tackles. How's he doing in those drills? I mean, that's going to be big for both sides there because, you know, those those – He's he's like two just over two fifty. He's he was an outside linebacker when he was at UCLA. So him being able to go out and show his strength and his speed against these bigger tackles like that is going to be really important. Um, for defensive tackle, you've got McKinley Jackson from Mississippi State, a guy I would definitely look out for if I was a Chiefs fan. Um, Byron Murphy the second from Texas is another name to look out for. Tavondre Sweat, a guy I've talked about a lot this year from Texas, also a name to watch out for. And then you got Darius Robinson from Mizzou. Um, so there's some good defensive tackles there. I would not be shocked if the Chiefs went defensive tackle probably in the second round, unless they were really confident in what they could get wide receiver wise in the second round. And then they go one of the probably, I would guess, McKinley in the first if they can't get Leonard Taylor. If he's not there, because I think I think Leonard Taylor, Jazan Newton are probably the top two guys. So if either of those, if both of those guys are gone, then I can see either any of these four guys being there. But these guys are probably second rounders. You might be reaching if you take them late first. Which I don't know why Newton's falling. I really don't because I, I just think it's. I, don't I thought think it was early twenties for him, but I don't think know, it's a Newton thing. Though. I just looked at a CBS mock right before this, and they had him going thirty-one to the Chiefs. And I, was like, yeah, I don't think it. it's a. I don't think it's a Newton thing. I think it is. A, it's just you look at other teams and other positional needs, and most of these teams right now seem to need edge rusher more than they need defensive tackle. Or they want Chris Jenkins more. Yeah, and it's like, and it's like you like Jenkins is a guy that like if there was more of a need for him, Chris Jenkins would be a guaranteed first rounder. But I just don't think there's that need for a defensive tackle from a lot of teams. So I think that's the reason why it kind of hurts his value. Um, linebackers, the name that really jumped out to me is Cedric Gray. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if the Chiefs went and get a got, got a guy like him second, third day. Um, I think Gray, guy that's really good in pass coverage. He can play against the run. There's a lot of things well. I think he would fit in the spag system really well. Uh, I got to watch, watch a lot of tape for him when he was at North Carolina when I was working for PFF doing film for them. So, you know, Cedric Gray, he, he's a player. That man could play. Um, corners. Chris Abrams-Drain, who I really like. Love his physicality. Him and Rakestraw. Him, him and Rakestraw, they both very physical. They come up and tackle. They hit guys in the, in the flats there. So all these screen passes that all these teams are running to their wide receivers right now, guys like Abrams, Drain, and Rake Did Strong, you mock Enos to uh, Baltimore last week? We did. We did. We we both mocked uh, – well, actually, it was it was my pick, but yes. I would have done the same we, thing. You though. would have done the same thing, too. So like we both really liked Rake Straw in that position there. Um, certainly, they could have used that sort of physicality at the corner position yesterday against the Chiefs because Kyle Hamilton was really saving them on a lot of those plays in the second half. So – um, Caitlin King from Penn State is another name to watch out for. Uh, similar 
type of player to Joey Porter Jr., who was drafted out of Penn State last year in the second round by the Steelers. Uh, King, not quite as good in press man coverage, but still a, a good corner. And then Josh Newton from TCU also really jumps out. A little bit of a... Not he's not quite the physical guy that the other two are, especially Abrams Drain, but still someone second, third round, definitely look out for at that corner position. Then we move over to safety. And I think if the Chiefs needed a safety, this would be a good year to take a safety. Because you got Cole Bishop from Utah, you got Javon Buller from Georgia, you got Cameron Kinchins from Miami, who might be my favorite safety in this draft class, and then Tyke Smith from Georgia. I think it's a really good safety draft for a team that needs one this year. Yeah, you know, but safety is so important to what the Chiefs are and what they do. I mean, we saw the value of it, you know, with Brian Cook getting injured. And you saw Shamari Connor step in. And then you saw uh, Bush get the uh, interception Bush in three snaps. A, in three Bush snaps. Bush getting a pick was really, that was really impressive there because he doesn't play a lot. But uh, Rake Straw, you know, proven to see if he can be a first round talent at the Senior Bowl. Yeah, I'm. I like I said. I I like I like what these guys are. I, like I said, Cameron Kitchens though jumps out to me. Um, he kind of reminds me of a Kyle Hamilton type. I'm really interested to Which see. Finally, what gave he up a tight end touchdown with Kelsey. I know, right? first one all year. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I you know it's funny. I tweeted out after that. I was like, I don't care how good Kyle Hamilton is. There's no reason why you should put him in one-on-one coverage against Travis Kelsey. It was a terrible decision. Like he learned the hard way. Yeah, he did learn the hard way. That was a beautiful back shoulder fade throw by by Patrick Mahomes, and uh, you know created a a a tough situation for the Ravens early. Um, Moving on to the Shrine Bowl roster notables, starting at quarterback, we got Devin Leary from Kentucky. You got Jordan Travis from Florida State, which is really interesting because if you guys remember, Jordan Travis got injured. He injured his knee. Uh, late in the season for Florida State, so he's listed on their roster. I he's not playing. There's no way he could play. No, I mean maybe he'll just be there to interact with the coaches and whatnot. It's I nice to put on the resume is getting invited. Yeah, I think it's a resume thing. There's no way this guy's going to participate at all in anything physical. It just doesn't make any sense. And uh, Jordan Travis's draft stock isn't super great either. I mean, he's probably a third day guy, maybe. Third round. At halfback, this is where I think it's really interesting. You've got who I think is the best running back in the draft class, Jonathan Brooks, Texas. Um, I think in that second round range, Brooks is going to be a hot commodity. I wouldn't be shocked if either the Chargers or the Cowboys traded up to try to go get him. Because I think that Brooks has a ton of potential I think he could be, he might be the only guy in this draft class that can be like a true feature back in an offense. So, uh, yeah, I, I think Jonathan Brooks has a, a lot of potential here. I, that's a guy to look out for for me at, run, at running back. And Frank Gore. Frank Gore Jr., Southern Mississippi. Um, good. Son of Frank. <laughs> Son of Frank Gore Sr. It's hard to believe he's already got a kid. Dude. Oh, no, first of all, how do you leave? What do you mean it's well, hard to believe? It's his age, yes. It's hard he to believe. Old. But this is a product of my childhood, man. He played forever. What do you mean he's a product of your childhood? Frank Gore played, what? He started playing in the NFL almost 20 years ago. You weren't a child 20 years ago. And big part of my uh, NFL fanhood was yes, Gore. Yes. One of the he, NFL's all time leading rushers. He's played football for most of your adult life. That's right. 
Yeah, well, actually, no, probably on most of your adult life, but a good portion of your adult life. He's he's probably he probably played for most of the time you've worked here, longer than you worked here, actually. Oh yeah, he's he played almost the exact length of time you've been in radio. About that, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a that's a big name to look out for, Frank Gore Jr. There, probably a third day guy. Um, we get to wide receivers. The real only real name that jumped out there for the Shrine Bowl, Taj Washington from USC. It's got a lot of people turning heads on on Taj and what he can do. But I know that that Taj, they're definitely glad to have him there. But I'm curious. You talk about a guy that can really uh, improve his draft stock. You know, and you're talking about a guy, you know, that played with uh, that played with Caleb Williams. You know, his target, but that team was loaded with receivers. Yeah, that was one with Brennan Rice was out there. That was a team that was that was literally loaded with wide receivers this year. But I am curious to see what Taj can do um, in the National Football. He's five ten, one seventy five. Not really what I'd be looking for in a wide receiver, but I mean, I think he could be a good slot guy for you. I don't think he's you know ever going to like, especially because you watch him and like he didn't wow you like Addison did when he played at USC last year. Um, you could definitely tell he's talented. You could tell he's going to be on a roster in the he had league. He over 1,000 yards this year. Yeah, he did. But like, it wasn't a situation where like you're watching Taj and you're like, oh my God, this is the next great receiver in the league. You're like, oh, this guy will be a good contributor for a team. He'll be, I don't know, kind of what McCall Hardman is for a team, but he's not going to be the gadget guy. He's going to be like your third receiver, 500 receiving yards, and you're happy with that. I think that's probably what he what he projects to be. Tight end, you got our guy, Jatavian Sanders from Texas. Yeah, that's... In the, in the Shrine Bowl. To on me, Thursday. that's a number one in the Shrine Bowl. Yes. Is Jatavian Sanders. Yeah. A guy that was mocked a lot to the Chiefs early on. He's been slipping into the second round at this point, but he's the second best tight end. So... Okay, we saw Kincaid, we saw Laporte, and these guys go in the first round last year. I do believe the two tight ends will go in the first round. I say that, but if there's seven wide receivers taken, if there's six quarterbacks taken, it's going to be hard because cornerbacks being hit hard in the first round, is there going to be enough room for two tight ends in the first round? At least, minimum, pick 38, unless when you start going to the second round, pick 38. So here's the thing that I, I, I don't think Jatavian's first rounder. I think he's probably... a Mid second, this might be a position where the Chiefs have to trade up to go get him. If they really, I think he's selected in the late thirties to forties. Right, I I think pro, I think somewhere in the early to mid forties. So I think you're going to have to go up and get him, and you know it might be tough for them to do that because you know how it is. Uh, moving up in the draft when you're the Chiefs, going to yeah. be difficult. A lot of teams didn't want to mess with you when you were trying to do that. In the uh, in the you know last year's draft, trying to get a receiver, um, but I think Jatavian's one of those guys. You, you, if he really impresses here at the Shrine Bowl, if he does his thing at the Combine, I think that's a guy you really look out for here. And he ended up with the forty-five catches, six eighty-two, but fifteen point two per. That's the one that stands out. That I mean, he's a downfield yard. threat as a that tight end. That is the one thing that stands out that yards per reception. He's a downfield threat. He's one of those guys that like he gets the ball and he does exactly what Kelsey does. Makes a guy miss, gets a bunch of yards after the catch. That's what you want. So Yeah. Not quite the size of Kelsey, but you know, not very many tight ends are the size no. of Kelsey. So uh, going to the defensive side here, there's a couple guys to look out for that I like. One being Leonard Taylor the third from Miami. Um Probably the number two defensive tackle in this draft class. You could argue him or Chris Jenkins from Michigan. 
Um, I think he. I think Leonard Taylor's number two behind Jerzon Newton from Illinois. I'd put Newton number one at this yeah, point. Yeah, Newton number one. I I put Taylor number two. Yep. I I like this. He is because I look or J- I mean, Jenkins makes an argument for it though. I think. Here's the thing about Jenkins, though. I I wonder can he be a real true, like one tech or zero tech. Like I I wonder if he can actually like play a true nose. When I look at Taylor and especially Newton, I think when I look at those guys, okay, that guy Newton might legitimately be like a good nose. Same thing with Taylor. I kind of question it with Jenkins. Jenkins might be better as a three tech. So I I do kind of wonder about Jenkins there but Taylor that's a guy to look out for for sure he's he he was a killer when he was at Miami and I, I'm going to be interested to see what he does uh here in this pre-draft process and then finally one guy I liked from Kansas State on the defensive side of the ball Khalid Duke edge rusher um not in play for the Chiefs but certainly a guy that could be a rotational player at, at in the league um I liked what I saw from him. He was kind of used the same way that Felix Onyedike Uzama was used at Kansas State. Um, you know, they line him up three tech, line him up on the edge. Uh, he can, you know, he's very versatile in that regard. I want to. I'm very interested to see what Duke does at the uh, at, at the Shrine Bowl because I think if he is able to really kind of show out against those tackles, he might be able to get himself into like the th- late third round, but probably going to be an early third day pick right now. Played at Kansas State for five years, six sacks last year, improved upon uh, from three the year before, so doubled his output yeah. uh, there. And again, the Shrine Bowl, if you want to watch, it's Thursday night. It's NFL Network, mm-hmm. playing it down in Frisco, Texas. So you got Thursday night and you got Saturday night. However, I, I think the practices provide more value than anything. They do, especially the Senior Bowl practice. It is um, way better <laughs> than the actual game. Like That was one of the things after the Chiefs drafted one game Morris. I watched. I went and I watched his Senior Bowl performance, and he was going up against the top edge rushers of the draft class, and he was doing well. It's what you do. I mean, you think of all the guys that played at the Senior Bowl. You know, uh, through the Creed Humphrey was at the Senior Bowl. Trey Smith was yep. at the Senior Bowl, and they, you know, they, what they did against practice against some of the top. Again, you're going against first round talent most of the time. Yes. You're going to you're first, gonna, second, third. I mean, you're going to go against guys who are probably going to go first couple rounds. I mean, yeah, there's mid round guys there clearly. But. Yeah, and the thing is, is that's one of the best ways to improve your draft stock because you're getting NFL level coaching because both teams are coached by NFL coaching staffs. So um, you don't have to worry about these guys out here. Like this is the best example for them to show that they're coachable and show that they can uh, pick things up really quickly. And that's imperative in the NFL because you got to really develop really quickly. There's not a many, that many guys that are afforded a redshirt year in the NFL. So once you get drafted, especially in the first couple rounds, there's an expectation that you play very, very early and you're effective very early. So this is a great test for guys like Khalid Duke to go out there and show what they can do. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to the practice this week. It is a great week to have it, The kind of that uh, off week at the NFL. Yeah. Off week before you start up next week, talking about uh, the Super Bowl and the direction of that. Of course, next week we'll be recapping who stood out at the Senior Bowl, who stood out at the Shrine Bowl. Right. Because that's what's going to happen, because some of these guys are going to shine. They're going to go, whoa, look at what Johnny Wilson did. You know, he ran, you know, (laughs) this guy, his speed, his skill set, his route running surprised us all. We could be talking first rounder, but... It's that kind of stuff that starts coming out from the Senior Bowl. The the names that really intrigue me, Jatavian Sanders in the Shrine Bowl, 
um, Tez Walker in the uh, in the uh, Senior Bowl and uh, Xavier Leggett from Xavier Leggett, Tez Walker, and Johnny Wilson intrigue me. Johnny Wilson is intriguing too. Uh, I just don't know if Johnny's going to really blow people away there. I think it's going to be one of those situations where like you see it on film and you're like, okay, how do we integrate what he does onto our offense? I don't think it's a, I don't think there's a whole lot of mystery as to what he can do at the the next level. It's more so how are we going to use him? Because I think like if you want to use him the way that Chiefs use Kelsey, I think he'll be great. I think he'll be really good in that way. I think if you try to use him like a traditional wide receiver, like if you try to use him like Mike Evans. I don't know if that's really his game, even though he's probably going to draw a ton of Mike Evans comparisons because Mike Evans is 6'5 and he's 6'7. So that's, I think that that's going to be the interesting thing is more so how do we use him more than anything. But he is an intriguing prospect because he's a 6'7 wide receiver. So, um, which it kind of, it, it depends on what you do with the tight end position, right. but having a guy at 6'7 wide receiver could help you out. Could you it, next deal, yeah. Yeah, it gives you a little, you little play bit your tight end all the time in the outside anyway. The Chiefs don't right. even use them in line unless no. it's Blake Bell. Right. Yeah. And they shouldn't be throwing to Blake yeah. Bell. So, yeah, next week, recap of the Senior Bowl and Shrine Bowl. Guys that stood out, uh, guys that made themselves some money in this uh, process. And then after that, we will finally do our report card on the Chiefs rookies for the 23 season. Um, I can already tell you this right now. FAU is probably going to get an incomplete. I don't feel like it's a good idea for us to give him a grade because he didn't play very much. No. So, But there's a lot of players, I think, had uh, really impressive performances this year, guys that probably surprised us. And so... Because the future starters out of the deal. Shemari yeah, Connor, future yeah, starter. Yeah, Wanya yeah. Morris probably. Or Rashi Rice, obviously. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll give you our grades for those guys in a couple weeks. And then after that, we need to start getting ready for the combine. And then, Feb. And then after that, it's going to be really, really quick until we get to the uh, until we get to the NFL draft. And then a rookie minute camp. We are three months away from the NFL draft right now. So can't wait. I'm very excited. And this year we don't have the scheduling conflicts with the Royals like we did last year. So a lot of draft talk. Yeah, a lot of draft talk here coming up in three months. So we appreciate you guys listening to us. Make sure you like, subscribe on all platforms. Give us five stars. Um, we appreciate you guys taking time out of your day to listen to us. For Jay Binkley, I'm Christian Ocero. We'll catch you guys next week.